From Bossier City, Louisiana, this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. And welcome to episode number six. And I'm here today with Matt. Say hi, Matt. Hey, everybody. And Jen. Hey, guys. And Jill. Hello. And we're here to discuss another topic this week. And I did not let everybody know last week what topic we were going to lead into, so my apologies on that. Um, I didn't hear anyone complain on it either, just FYI. But um, what we're going to go with this week is uh, finding that higher power and our experience with finding the higher power and uh, and how we came about it. And a lot of us, all of us, have been sober for several years. So, obviously, there's something to this higher power thing. It might have took a little bit. It might have took a lot. We don't know until we talk about it. So, we're going to go around the table, starting with Jen. We're going to talk about finding that higher power. And uh, feel free to chime in anytime you want to. Go ahead, Jen. All right. So, yeah, I walked into the rooms. And like I said on previous episodes, um, the God thing, it was just a disconnect, right? I didn't have um, any spirituality. I didn't grow up in a spiritual household. So naturally, I walk in the room, and I see all this God stuff on the wall, and I'm thinking, oh, crap, this ain't going to work for me. Um, of course, the God, God I was serving at the time <laughs> was a big, fat idiot because, you know, I was playing God. So naturally, um, you know, they tell me to pray and even if you don't believe. And so I did, I did, I prayed. I had no clue who I was praying to. Um, none of that. Um, my, actually my second sponsor took me through that activity where you write all on one side of the paper, what you want in the God of your understanding. And on the other side of the paper, what you don't want from the God of your understanding and um so i did that and i did that exercise and i handed it to her she she tore it in half and she handed me the god that i did want um who was this what sponsor this was becky yeah okay becky and so and that's who i prayed to for a little while how often did you pray daily okay um yeah i mean one time three times eight times all day um, it wasn't that constant contact with God as I understood him, like in, it says in step 11, not, not, a, not in the beginning. Not at first time. Huh? No, um, because I think once you start seeing evidence of God, um, you know, I, I, I trusted God with little things in the beginning, um, or the God that I was praying to, um, and once I saw that he could take care of those little things, then I started turning over bigger things. And so for me, I went on, my spirituality was based solely on what I read in the big book when I finally started reading it, uh, working the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and the things that I heard in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and that's great because God speaks through people and, um, you know, we are in a blessed situation where we get to talk about God daily. So it's not like you go to church and you, you, you get your, you know, your the Sunday morning feel and then you go go about your, your day. We get to go in the rooms and we are evidence of God's miracles. And um, that's a great thing. Uh, it wasn't till year three, three and a half, right around the time that um, COVID, you know, I call it BC, before COVID, during COVID, after COVID. Um, I could just see things in the world that were just, I couldn't explain. Um, but I had, had the minimal knowledge I knew about scripture. I could kind of put two and two together like something's not right. And it just so happened that a really good friend of mine, Larry W., um, gave hey. me a book. No, Larry. And uh, he told me, read this book and do what it says. Read, read a chapter for 40 days. And in 40 days, that book did exactly what it was meant to do. And that was introduce me to my real higher power. And um, who is Jesus Christ? Um, from there, uh, the Holy Spirit kind of took it from there. And that is when my life did the three 
the complete 360. That's when my life be really began to change because now I had a real power behind it. And th that's just unique to me. I'm not saying that your higher power has to be Jesus Christ, if that's not. Um, that was my experience, though. Um, I fell from that point. I fell in love with scripture. I, I just wanted to, you know, the big book references when we first get that into that spirituality thing that that's all we want to do. Our heads are in the clouds and I wanted to know everything about Jesus that I could. So it started out small. I started, re you know, I went from, I thought it would take me a decade to read one gospel <laughs> of the Bible. And I started reading it and then I found out scripture interprets scripture. Then I found out, you know, and I'm a picture person. So I would just watch movies about Christianity, movies about God, uh, you know, all of those things. And um, and then I got real into the study of eschatology, and that is uh, study of the end times. Um, and I still study that daily. Uh, so that's, I'm glad you cleared that up. I didn't know what the heck that was. Yeah. Um, well, it is, it's the study of, um, you know, the Bible, a third of the Bible is biblical prophecy, and it, it yeah, is. Yeah, so the end of the yeah, end. It's, so let me ask you this. You didn't have, I've, we talked about this a little bit, mm -hmm. but I've always wanted to ask you. So you're growing up before you came into AA. What was the religious slash spiritual thing in your life? Was there any introduction to it? Was there uh, we, I was raised non-practicing. Sorry, practicing Catholic. My grandmother, like I mentioned prior, um, is a devout Catholic. She is one that if the church is open, she goes to mass every day as long as she's in good health. And, um, you know, in college, I did go ahead and get confirmed in the Catholic religion, and that was actually for selfish reasons. The guy I was dating at the time was Catholic, and I just, you know, it was the next progression. If we're going to get married, I got to be like Catholic or legit Catholic. So I did those things. But I can remember even the the many times or not many times that my parents would take me to church. I just remember being embarrassed sitting on that pew. Everybody's getting up to get communion and I have no clue what's going on. Uh, I mean, and. I am not knocking the Catholic religion by any means, but I didn't understand any of the rituals. I didn't understand, you know, I, I thought I could never memorize all like the Apostles Creed and all of the things that you do when you go to a Catholic mass and creed. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. That's not That's religious. A, I know. I, just, but, I know, but we both. Um, another so, band reference. Yeah, I like Sorry, that. Dan. But it, I mean, they're kind of like a, a cross between mainstream and Christianity, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Creed is. I've heard that, and a lot of their lyrics are spiritual. Yeah. Spiritual um, in nature. You know, for me today, it's, um, I I don't, I'm non-denominational. I go to, I do a lot of the church of the YouTube. I don't, I do go to the church building. Um, well, I think the, the in, invent of the internet has also changed, you know, the way a lot of people attend church across the world. You know, not me. It hasn't changed the way I attend church, but I think across the world, the event of the internet has um, brought people that might not have gotten up on a Sunday morning to go to church into well, it. That's what I love about the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, and what I have found, and um, through study of the big book and study of the big, big, big book, is it is not about works it's not about going to church and sitting on a pew and i'm there every time the church door opens it is about an actual relationship with the god of my understanding and for me to have a relationship with that god and this is just personal to me i'm not saying this has to be for everyone i have to study the word his word because they're one and the same well if you think about relationships in general you know, you know, just just a a relationship between two people. It could be as a kid, your best friend, you know, that you hung around with all the time, or as a as an adult, that person of interest, or even a wife, husband, you know, whatever it is. But there's always that personal relationship, and there's always something on the outside trying to get in. 
always, whether it's that best friend or that parent or whatever it is, you have this personal relationship and you have to weather storms. You, you and whoever it is, and I'm not talking about anything romantic. I'm talking about just the relationship you have. And you have to weather storms through the, the course of your relationship, you know. And, and obviously, I can't compare my relationship with another person as a relationship with God. Totally different. But, you know, I have my best friend in the whole world has been my best friend since I was four years old. Forty-six years he has been my best friend. And still to this day, we don't talk to each other because that's the best way we get along. <laughs> is, is No, we, we, he, has, uh, he has his life and I have mine and we're, you know, grown men and... Playing with Legos just don't do it anymore for us. We stopped that in our mid-20s. But um, we have the best relationship, but always somebody. You know, those two, you put them together, and they're like oil and vinegar or whatever. You know how people get. So that personal relationship with God, mine has also weathered. You Somebody's always got an opinion, and it doesn't matter because it's my relationship with that higher power. So, so can I just talk about – I'm in actually – one of those the big book talks about the trials and low spots and um i was reflecting this morning on i am in what would a normal unspiritual person would think a pretty damn uncomfortable situation right now yeah um god has isolated me from a lot of things i had to take a step back from bodybuilding um for reasons uh, out of my control and it I can either lean into God and learn and grow from it, or I can turn back to that old person. But that's eventually going to lead me back into fear. All my character defects are going to pop right the heck back up. And if I stay in that state for uh, any amount of time, I run the risk of picking up that bottle again. I'm going to have to 100% agree with you. I mean, I I would... You know, we all have those trials and low spots, and you know, I, I you, my, the data set uh, to use words of, of of one of my members down in Mandeville, the data set that I have provided for myself when I check back into it is anytime I return to my old behaviors, I'm going to return to my old actions, and my old actions were not cool. Matter of fact, I know that I know where that leads. The God thing, I don't know where it leads, but it's never led bad. That's that's good. Well, yeah, it is yeah, good. I mean, that's God no. I mean, it what be you're good. saying is good. I mean, that's a good way to put that. Yeah, I was talking to an old coworker the other day, and there's some things going on about about at one of my previous places of employment, and we were just chatting about the situation, and she said something flat out. She's like, she's like, I wonder how these people that do not have God are dealing with this right now because with God something outside of myself there's always hope yeah and and a lot of them deal with it the way we did before we came into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous they may not be alcoholics that's just how they deal with it until they become an alcoholic <laughs> so I found that the and this took a long time to, to see this but the the low spots or the the storms or whatever you want to call them normally when that kind of stuff goes that way and we stick to what we're supposed to do and we still give god the credit and we pray and we do all those things that we're supposed to do no matter the circumstances when i've had big storms like truly not just i had a bad day but going through stuff that's when the best stuff is fixing to happen every time see yeah i remember i think it was year four um I was in a, yeah, another one of those trials and low spots. It wasn't you know great period in my life. I, I think at 38, I had lived with my parents more as an adult than I'd care to um, admit. And um, I just remember I sought God and I kept doing that. And I love the way Coleman says it, not the next right thing, the next indicated thing. Because I don't know what's always right, but I do know I need to get up, go to work, go to a meeting, help other alcoholics. Those are indicated things, um, you know, kind of keep a reasonable schedule and 
put my head to the plow and just get after it. And then all of a sudden I stopped, tried, gave up that illusion of control about how, how I thought life was supposed to be at that moment. And, and all of a sudden when God moves, he moves fast. I mean, it was just one thing after another, after another. And it, and now I look around and it's just like, I can't just, there, there, there's, I can't say that there's not a God. There's so many things that like, I'll read a meditation, then I'll pick up scripture, then I'll read, then I'll go to a meeting and somebody says something and it's like one conversation that God has had through me. And I think that's, that's, that's what I struggle with the most. It is not, Hey God, I don't want to do your will. It is. What is your will for me? Cause only to the point where I get in enough misery that I'm like, I don't care what it is. Just tell me, come here and sit on my, and it would be so easy sometimes if God would just sit down on my bed and say, Hey Jennifer, this is what we need to do today. Um, this is my plan for you. This over here. Yeah. That that's not going to work. And you know, you can keep doing it. I'm not going to tell you to stop. But what I've also found too is eventually his will is going to play out. If I stick my big fat foot in it or hand in it, it's either going to delay my blessing or it's going to cause enough pain where I'm, it's going to divert me to whatever the path is that he intends for me to be on. Yeah, till lesson learned, huh? Well, I mean, think about this. Uh, I would say show of hands, but the, the listeners can't hear our hands. How many of us got to AA and found God? Oh, I did. Me? I did. For sure. Okay, so that's four, so mm-hmm. we're 100%. How many of us came into AA on a winning streak? I absolutely was not on <laughs> no. a winning streak. So I'm going <laughs> to imagine that correlation there yeah we we we've we have all came and found god when we were in a trial or low spot we found him we didn't want to go back to that trial or low spot not that specific one anyway and so we seeked him yeah pain's a great motivator Mm -hmm. yes yes it is and now we just continue to seek him and that that relationship grows you know it's kind of like a lot of folks find god in jail yeah, I, lo- I love in the last the last sentence of we agnostic um, when we drew near to when we drew near to him he disclosed himself to us and uh, it's kind of plagiarized from James but there it is uh, right, I'm looking at it there it is. Uh, um, I love that right as long as I seek him I'm gonna find him he's gonna show up and where is he everywhere yeah but if I go back to just doing what Jennifer wants and you know, Oh, well that's just a coincidence. I just don't include him in my daily activities. Then I'm not going to find him because my head's up my rear. And I get, and this is my brother and I had this conversation, very spiritual guy. He's big in his church. He's like an associate pastor. Like he does all that stuff. My youngest brother. Is that like the, uh, what is that? Like a co-captain? Like kind of like a, just a, backup preacher i guess is the, i don't know what the term is the deacon like, eh, kind of maybe I don't, you ever I don't met really the know. deacon brothers like a whole bunch of people <laughs> that are deacons well i grew up with a bunch of deacons my dad was a preacher we were always dealing with the deacons he's an understudy is that Basically. what a deacon is well i don't know okay mm. no i think it's like one <laughs> under a pastor Maybe a deacon. They're like deacons elder. are just like the bouncers of the church, basically. <laughs> they take like an offering. One night, every 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 person I was working with that night was a deacon. I, you know, and I'm, I felt left out because I wasn't a deacon. Well, my brother was talking about hearing God's voice, right? And he's like, yeah. You know, guys, I mean, he's, you know, does his thing. And he's way more knowledgeable and spiritual than I'll ever be. And he's like, yeah, God will whisper to me. And I was like, you know how God talks to me? And he goes, how? And I said, have you ever seen The Grinch with Jim Carrey? Yeah. When he's up in the, the um in his lair, and he's yelling up that hole, and it's repeating itself back down, and, and the voice screams, you're an idiot. That's that's my voice. God says, you're an idiot because you don't listen, mm-hmm. and I want to do Matt things, and he has to get my attention. And Caleb said, 
I don't think God talks that way. And I said, you can let your God talk how he wants. I know how he talks to me. And sometimes mm. he has to get my attention. Yeah, I'm not real good at hearing his voice. And usually when it sounds like a, a loud blonde, that something that I want or I want to do, I know it's for me and it's not him. Right. You know. Jill, what about you? What about me? I'm just kidding. We're talking about uh, <laughs> finding that higher power. Finding it. I just did it. Yeah. Um, so anyway. You just um, found your higher power right, right. there. That's right. the power of this podcast right <laughs> here, guys. A booming Hallelujah. voice. A booming voice came right. down from somewhere. It sounded like mine. No. Um, I mean, like, I didn't have a higher power outside of uh, AA. And um, I found it in the rooms. And, um, I mean, that was it was a huge struggle for me because I'd never been taught to rely on anything else other than myself. Um, you know, certain things were introduced to me, like I told you guys, like meditation and stuff, but I didn't do it. I mean, I didn't believe in it. I just tried it a couple times and that was it. But coming in and, and, and just, God, being as broken and just I just so much hate and anger was inside of me and I did I came in and of course on the walls is the the steps and I'm like there's a lot of God in this there's also a lot of capital H's that say he and I was like eh, I don't know if I can do this they want me to be a nun and that's not what I came here for and um I don't know, it was really scary. I mean, it took many, many meetings with my counselor outside of the group and uh, just me crying because, like, I don't understand what any of this meant. No one told me what surrender meant. To me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can. I, I am waving the white flag. Like, I'm done. But how do you, t how do you like, give in to something you can't see or, or how do you give something to something that's not there and and she's like through prayer and I was like okay it took a while for me to get behind that because I'm one of those people I need to see to believe results yeah I need results and and so I was like okay I can do that and so she goes you need to get into God's will instead of Jill's will I was like <laughs> I just kind of laughed I was like but actually I did not cry um yeah I see <laughs> I mean I, I boohooed I was like I don't know what God's will is. Like, how do you know what that is? And I, I just, had to Google it. Instead I, of working the steps, I Googled it. I turned to Google. pretty much said everything that you've been doing is Jill's will. And I was like, I mean, like, it made no sense to me. And um, she's like, everything you've been doing, not good. And I was like, I don't get it. I mean, it took me a while to understand all this. But as she said, start praying. And so I was like, okay, and that kind of freaked me out because for a while there, like in my mentality at the time, which is so concrete and literal, I was like, if any anybody else was doing this, you know, just out in the open, you know, this would be considered psychotic. I am talking to myself to the air. And um, I couldn't, <coughs> it just felt weird. And so she was just like, just try it. And I did. The first thing I started, um, you know, praying for was to, for my panic attacks to go away. I had them for about almost almost 20 years and was highly sedated on, um, well, sedatives. And um, they stripped me of those when I went to treatment. But I wasn't coming to treatment for that because um, I didn't have a problem with it. <clears throat> so anyway, um, <laughs> I started praying about my panic attacks. I was like, I won't, I won't make it. I will not make it if I continue to have these. And like slowly, I don't know, they just poof disappeared. Like one day you woke up and didn't have them or was it over the uh, time? I have, haven't had one in recovery, period. Wow. And Stay it, away from them energy drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to ever trigger that or that to ever come back. And um, I mean, I'm seriously like I was a person that went and got my my ears stapled because they said that could help with anxiety. I was I went to get hypnotized by yeah. a hypnotist to try to get rid of them. And I remember telling my mom Legit like hypnot like a licensed. Hypnot oh, yeah. He threw me into a panic attack on the count of three. And I just I darted out of the office. I was wow. like, this is some freaky stuff. So Did you have them prior to your using or No, they were drug induced. They started when I was 19. Imagine that you hadn't had, and I, I noticed that too. I used to have anxiety attacks all the time, and I stopped drinking. 
Yeah, I had panic disorder, which put me in a couple of the, like, in mental institutions and, like I said, highly sedated on anything from Klonopin to Xanax to whatnot. And, you know, beer helped as well. But I didn't realize how that cycle of addiction just kept me in that panic attack. And uh, they just didn't happen. I mean, I was freaked out because I knew, like, it was just right there at any time it could happen. And so... I was like, okay, but I still was trying to rationalize it and um, say, well, this is just the body's physiological response to not having substances in it. Yeah, kind of like a seizure almost. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, okay. And then I just just kept doing it. And, of course, you know, struggling because no one had ever really taught me how to pray. So here I am in treatment, and all of a sudden, you know, even out of treatment, I think that, well – I guess I just need to pray for all the things I've ever wanted. I'm serious. It was a Christmas list. And I guess what? I didn't get any of them. I was like, I, I'd love a husband and a house and, and this like six figured, you know, mm-hmm. uh, salary. And, oh, this would be great too. And like, none of it happened. And I started praying, like, maybe if I pray more, it will happen. But it got you to start praying. It yeah. did. It did. But man, that screwed me up more than anything. My sponsor finally sat me down and was like, okay, you need to settle down. She goes, I want you to say, help me in the morning and thank you at <laughs> night. And I was like, oh, okay. I can, I can manage about that. For the Corvette? No, not that Jill. I, it was, and it was that for a while, but I, it was all selfish. And it probably was like yeah. that for a pretty long time. Cause I didn't understand what it was for. I thought you prayed to get things. <laughs> And, and that's just me being, you know, clueless and mm. not ever having like someone tell me like, or, or really know what I really wanted because I was still in selfish chill and early recovery. And I hadn't found like what my purpose was in life and, and all these other, you know, beautiful things. Um, it was, it was wild. I would, I would take it and I would run with it. And then I'd be like, you know what? This shit isn't happening in the time that I want, in the way that I want. Screw this, God. I'm out. And I'd get pissed, and I'd call my sponsor, and she was like, Jill, 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 God. And so um, it, it took a lot of that going back and forth, and it took a long time for me to realize, like, it is, you know, I can't make these things happen. You know, there was a lot of my will god's will the tug of war like i talk about um because i just didn't know where that line was because it it is kind of muddled right there between my will and god's will you know because you know you need to do the footwork but then where does that stop and the next thing you know i'm flying the plane or driving the car or whatever but i'll tell you what you know, happened, what really sealed the deal for me is that I went through the steps. Well, I know. Um, and I, and I, <laughs> it's crazy, huh? What? Well, this is the deal. I saw on step 12, as a result of these, you'll have a, uh, you know, whatever. Spiritual, spiritual Yes, yes, that's what I was getting at. And so, oh, I was like, okay, like, how, they don't know me. How are they supposed to know I'm having a spiritual awakening? And first of all, like, what the hell is that? <laughs> It does sound kind of <laughs> creepy. Didn't, I didn't know what a spiritual experience was. And so all that sounded like, yeah, that's great. That will happen for everybody in this room, but it won't happen for me. And I knew it. I was still just, I was still just quite the mess, you know, crying at the ninth step promises. And I'm like, that's not going to work. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to do it. And then I'll, I'll just show you guys. So I did it. And, um, and this is, with my um, my sponsor Marla, um, and we actually went through it like slowly and, and went through it well. And she did. I did that whole thing that a cluster. What are the attributes you, that you want of your higher power? And I wrote all this stuff down. And she goes, "Well, there it is. There's your higher power." I was like, "Oh, oh, wow! It was that easy." Like I thought I had to go like to church or you know get saved or do something you know in order to find these things. So um, I was like, I can do that. I can do that. And, and step two was, and step three were instrumental in my recovery, but still there was that. Shadow of doubt. That Yes, actually that, that person that is over-intellectualizing the whole entire thing and saying, well, you know, with her concrete thinking and whatever. And uh, so I continued to go through the steps. And 
you know, it, I remember towards the end more, I, I might as well have had like a magnifying glass. Like I was looking for it. I was like, when is that spiritual awakening coming? I mean, I was looking everywhere. And I didn't know what I was going to see, like a burning, burning bush, bush or light. <laughs> bright light. Right. a tunnel. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, and, and the thing is, like, I didn't see it coming at all. It's all of a sudden you just, you're, something just snaps and you're right up in the middle of it. And you're like, holy shit, it happened. And I remember that feeling and I was so excited because like that stuff didn't happen to me. Are you serious? And not only that, how do those guys know that? How did Bill W. and what's his face know that? Sorry, I just, I can't remember a lot of stuff. But Bob I mean, Smith. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew it was something like that. But anyway, um, how did they know that? And that freaked me out. But that was, I remember, this was so amazing to me because not only, you know, did I have this spiritual awakening and wow, how crazy that was. Um, you know, it was a whole psychic change oh the big book talks about that yeah <gasps> i mean like i had hope for the first time in my life first time and that was i was like there could possibly be a way out of this like i feel free but the first thing i mean that i like to say is that i felt faith for the first time and that was like i finally believed in something and i knew that like it worked um, so I remember when I was like 16 and this is just kind of going back to, you know, um, how I used to think, uh, my best friend and I were driving around and I looked at her, she was talking about faith and I was like, I don't understand what that word means. And, and I remember her telling me and I was like, I still don't know what that means. Um, but I, I know that when I went through the steps, I felt it and it wasn't like, like, I knew it and um and I as you know throughout the years I've gone through the steps multiple times and it has gotten me closer to God every single time now I did the steps the second time saying it's not going to happen again that was just a one-time deal and I'll be damned to have it again so I mean since then I've been all aboard and um you know I pray every day you know do my medication my med I do my medications. Um, yeah. God bless. Religiously. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I do all this stuff now because, right. like, it worked, and it continues to work. But also, I had to work on me and, um, you know, the way I thought about things because I was so selfish. And I, I realized big things like this is not going to happen in my time, nor is it going to happen probably the way that I want it. But it's all going to happen the way it's supposed to because I just remember being so frustrated at things and. But us with, it, with as addicts, we want everything right now. Oh, well, absolutely. Instant gratification. Obviously. Yeah, it's like, hey, right. I just prayed, man. Uh, where's my million bucks that yeah. I just asked about? It should be it taught me, beside me. Taught me patience. Right. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, yeah. Well, let me just. I don't pray for patience. No, I no, I did that. that you once. will get opportunities to practice it. It was literally the worst day of my life. I was like, not doing that again. Nope. Um, so let me ask you this, because this is this is all about new people that we we hope are listening and wanna, you know, maybe something's on their mind. And this is a, I know, dealing with other guys, they skip step one and they read step two and three immediately, and then they freak out mm -hmm. before we ever get started. That's the majority of right. them. Um. So how long you come in and you start doing this this time until you go, okay, this is better. Like, I see where this is going. I have hope. Like, where was that? Do you remember that length of time it took for you to get to a point? Not that, not that everything was perfect or mm -hmm. nothing like that, but just, okay, I see where I'm going here. This is a good thing. Yeah. God is good. What, what would you say? That took a while. It did me too. That's why I'm asking. I mean, like, I can't remember. I mean, I know that around 60 days, I started feeling okay physically. Um, but like spiritually, it it. I think it took like. Gosh, nine months. That's exactly how long it took me. Really. Nine months. I mean, I left treatment feeling pretty good, and I remember going to the halfway house and being like, "Wow." 
wow, you know, but, and I was feeling pretty good about things, but I mean, like my, my recovery early recovery is a roller coaster that I'd never want to ride again. I was, I kind of rode that pink cloud to, to rainbow town when I first, um, rainbows and unicorns when I first got in. But for me, I followed, I think I had more faith. I, I, I don't think I know. I had more faith in the group. I had more faith in things I heard in the room. But, you know, I wasn't accruing in the beginning more consequences until finally I got to the point where I was still running the show. I was still managing my own life. Um, and I was still running it into the ground. And this is, and that got me to the point of, circumstances made me willing to yeah. surrender same thing here. um because it wasn't uh just oh yeah i'm an aa they told me to surrender they told me to you know I'm uh <laughs> turn my will over to the sky fairy that i had just met three minutes ago and here i am like i had never even heard the words god's will it, i thought that was an aa term and then i go out of the rooms and i start hearing god's will outside of the rooms i'm like oh they stole that from aa i mean that's how <laughs> clueless i was and so rather than work the steps, I hear this God's will and I'm trying to figure out how I'm thinking at step three, I say that third step prayer and I'm, you know, supposed to have all these revelation knowledge about how my life's supposed to play out. Like who I'm supposed to, what career I'm supposed to have, who I'm supposed to marry, you know, all of the things, all the answers right then at step <laughs> three. And I had just met my higher power like two minutes prior. I mean, that's how delusional mm-hmm. and clueless I was. And really, at that point, all I really needed to do, rather than turn to Google, which I did, I just needed to work the rest of the steps. And somewhere between step three and step 11, I would have had a better understanding, uh, at least what God's will wasn't for me. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, that's I think that's just a newcomer, newbie. I just didn't have a clue. But I kept coming back, and I didn't drink in between meetings. And somewhere in there, the desire to quit drinking just disappeared. Yeah. Now, the des- my Jenniferism still existed. I had a stream case of Jenniferism. Um, but, yeah. So, that, that's, that's why I was asking you guys, because I think everybody thinks that I'll go in there, and life is going to be gravy. Y'all go to treatment centers as well as I do. Everybody thinks, I did 30 days in treatment. When I walk out, I should have on a new suit, shiny shoes. Everybody's happy to see me. I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. 30 days in treatment. Wrong, wrong. You made a huge mess of your life. You've made a huge mess inside. Forget everyone else and everything else that you've touched. But just your own issues, internal, it is a process. It's a process mm-hmm. getting to that point that got you in the rehab, and it's going to be a process to get you out of that. And that's where the faith comes in and the, the God and higher power because you have to you, you can't do it without, hey, so somebody else has got control of this, and I'm going to trust that they're guiding it because it's not working. I struggled so yeah. much. It didn't happen overnight for sure. No, I it was did not. I was way <laughs> a lot of nights, a lot of overnights. Lots like, of tears. You know, like um 365 times like four. And I'm what, six and a half years sober and I'm still a major work in progress. And I'm still playing that two step with God. Like, you know, I am all day long in God's will. It's like the hokey pokey for me. And, but today you're but, aware of it. But I, you know, that is the thing. I today I recognize when I am in Jennifer's mm-hmm. will because I am restless. I'm irritable. I'm discontented. I'm a miserable, for lack of better word, C U N T. And that's I pretty much know because when I am disturbed, it's me. I uh, yeah, and so that that's why I was very curious about that with y'all because. Um, I hear all kind of different things and most people come in early and they get going real good for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days and they're like, life's great. Well, life's still there. The stuff is still there. The program's for a reason. You do things in order for a reason and you have to you have to do two and three and, and fully do that and go, okay, I'm, I'm going to turn this stuff over. And for me, I was like you. 
I grew up in church, was there every time the door was open. I could have cared less about God or anything they were talking about in there because I was made to go every second it was open, okay? I could used to do all the – I mean, it didn't matter what they were doing. If they were reshingling the roof at the church, I was there I with my brother. I thought you were going to say deacon. Uh, no, but I hung out with a lot of deacons as like eight year old. He's so. a future deacon. Future <laughs> right. deacons waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, future, de- future deacons of America. But that didn't being around all that all the time gave me doesn't give me a relationship with God at all. Yeah, you, you can know? hang out in church all you want, bro. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. And so, but I grew up and I hated it growing up. I was like, this is lame. It doesn't make any sense. I think the people are full of crap, and I had this. Thing in my mind about what it was on top of that i get to be a teenager and i start talking to my dad and i'm like hey you know did you did you go out when you were younger you know and all i see is the dude up in the pulpit with a suit on and and i'm like what'd y'all do you know i've never had a drop of alcohol and you don't need to either and i'm like you've never had a drop of alcohol in your life no and i'm like then how can you tell me it's bad you know that was my yeah. thinking yeah well it makes sense and then i tasted alcohol and i went he really don't know what he's talking about, <laughs> you know? So that was my whole mentality. And my parents were like, you don't touch anything. We don't do anything. You you don't drink drugs, none of that. I did all that stuff, you know? Uh, the more, the merrier. I realized later why they were telling me just don't fool with it. Right. Uh, but I had to come to that for myself. And it was a long process to do it. I wish I'd have done it a lot earlier. But getting into a treatment center... And there was a tech in that treatment center. Young guy. His name's Andrew. Not going to say his last name. Do you know it? Yes. Okay. And he was. uh, Shout out to Andrew. Andrew, he's the man. So he had about 18 months when I was in there. And at night, I would sit in the little room, the couple of chairs in front of the thing, because I just didn't sleep good. And he was always reading his Bible. And so we would just sit there and talk. He was a good guy. And uh, I was like, man, this ain't going to work when they let me out of here. You know, like I'm just pinging off the walls with my crap. And so we got to talking about prayer. That was one of the first things that we talked about. And he said, are you praying? I didn't have a sponsor. I was just in treatment. I didn't even know what AA was. And he said, but you need to pray, you know. And he made me a little card with some stuff to pray. But he pulled out the Bible. And he goes, you know, I said, man, my daddy can get up there and pray. And it just sounds like Billy Graham or mm-hmm. something, you know. And it's all fancy. And he said, but it says right here, and he showed me that that God just honors simple prayers. He just expects you to talk like you talk. He doesn't. He doesn't. You don't have to do all that. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that said that. I spent my whole life with Bibles in my hand. I didn't bother reading it, you know. Yeah. And not to get off into religion and all that, but that was a turning point. Talking with him night after night, just sitting there, um, to really kind of molding me to think a different way. And then I got out, and I just I, I I gave it over, and I said, you know, nothing else has worked. I think one of y'all said this earlier. I need to see results, but at the same time, my results are not good. And I was at the point where I didn't have anything to point to to say, well, look what I've done. You know, what I've done is a big garbage pile. So I had to have a little trust that something else was going to work, and it slowly increased. I came over here. Didn't have a phone, didn't have anything. We moved here. I had kids to feed. I had a wife. No job. I'm sleeping on my brother's couch or spare bedroom. I go to the first lawn care place that I see in the phone book, okay, because I don't have a phone. And I drive over there, and I walk in, and the lady goes, and it's the fall. It's like September. They're they're closing down for the season. It's right here in Bossier. The guy, my brother was like, oh, you need to get a bunch together. I said, I'm going right there. Looks like a big one from their ad in the yellow pages, right? <laughs> That's, I roll. I walk in the door. I need a job. The guy goes, the lady goes, we're not hiring. I said, well, I need a job. The general manager comes walking by in front of me. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, I need a job. He goes, it's the end of the season. I said, I know. And he goes, I'll talk to you for a minute, but we're not hiring. But come on back. He ended up hiring me. So. I got a job. It was making more than I'd ever made in cutting grass, uh, which wasn't saying much. But a low man on the totem pole. And I had about eight years of experience, and I just told him, give me a shot. Whatever you got, I don't care, sweeping the floors, whatever you got, I'll take it. He did. 30 days later, 
they walked outside we were getting ready to go i hated that job there was so much drugs and alcohol running through those trucks and here i am 90 days and just a mess anyway and having to deal with that all day and people you know and 30 days later they came out and they said hey uh we're going to promote you to a foreman on one of these trucks and i said okay and it comes with a pay raise two months after that they promoted me to the chemical manager same company so in four months the guy that was my boss left and went to another company he called me i go to work for him worked there three years so in five years by just concentrating on what i'm supposed to do and this is just work okay this is nothing else but but helping me get on my feet in life i went from in my business sweeping the floor and today i'm the operations manager at a national franchise and i got about 35 guys in five years that's amazing in five years begging for a job and the guy when i left i went in and told him i even called my sponsor and i'm like i hate this place i'm tired of dealing with telling them to get drugs out of my face and all this all day i was a job and he goes you go in you give him a two-week notice you do it you know the whole deal i go in i give him a two-week notice i'm like i hope he tells me i can just go you know i was going to the next place he goes can you work the two weeks out i was like oh but i did it and when i left he shook my hand and he said anytime you ever need a job you come back here i'm always hiring i said okay and to this day that offer still stands and uh god just kept seeing the things it's like i'm gonna put the effort in that's all i can do is my effort and my attitude and god just went boom 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 just knocking stuff down and uh man i, I couldn't be more tickled but but it took a lot of storms to weather storms and go where am i going in the storm because i think when you come out of that storm that's that's you know you, you have to honor what you believe in those storms and stick to what you're doing you know yeah. i guess if i've learned nothing else but i like how um i think it's elliot that says we're res uh, god will do 99 percent of the work but we're responsible for that one percent and 100 percent of that one percent we're responsible for well like y'all heard me say before like you have those god moments where you just look up and smile because something's totally unexpected and you're like there's no other way exactly yeah. I, talk, I was yeah. not looking for this i talked about a lot of god moments this weekend so so i'm driving this old car i'm just gonna brag on god so uh, i don't even care but go for it, yeah i'm driving this old car right it has no doors y'all y'all don't remember it probably mike mike you might like but, it literally didn't have doors i mean it didn't have windows i'm sorry oh, okay. not doors <laughs> it have no windows rain <laughs> it was a bicycle i like the u.s <laughs> mail he was delusional. it was just a bicycle <laughs> at this point you were on a motorcycle <laughs> pretty much bicycle. a four-seater motorcycle gotcha. um yes but that car had half a million miles on it. When I got out of treatment, my dad had that car. And he said, son, it probably ain't going to make it out of the driveway, but you can have it. And he said, as long as it'll run, it's yours. My dad prayed over that car when I went down to pick it up that morning. I drove that car for a year and a half. Drove it to Jackson, Mississippi multiple times. Drove it to Arkansas um, for a year and a half. It cost me 10 bucks to fill it up all week. I had no money. That car was great. It was ugly, but it was great. But I'm working for a company. I go over to this other company, and I'm working for them. And the owner calls me in, not my boss, but the owner one day. All I'm doing is working for them. I haven't asked them for anything. I, I'm doing, they're paying me what they said they would pay me. I'm doing the work. So I go in one day, and the owner says, I want to talk to you for a minute. <clears throat> and uh, I said, okay. And he said, uh, he had an F-150 that was a company truck. And he said, I'm going to sell you that truck out there. You're going to buy that truck from me. And I said, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree because I don't have any money. So it's impossible to sell something to someone who has no money. And he said, no, you're going to buy it. And I said, I'm not. I don't know if we're zero dollars. You have a truck. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I know you're a smart businessman. Pick this up. You know, pick up what I'm putting down here. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. And he said, I'm going to sell you the truck. What did he tell me? Two grand or something, which was way under what it was worth. He said, I'm going to sell it to you for two grand. I said, let's repeat. I know you're you're struggling today. No money. Yeah. I don't have $2, much less 2000 He said, let me finish. He said, I'm going to take $100 a week out of your check until the truck's paid for. So 20 weeks. 20 weeks. But he said, I'm going to write you a check 
separate for a truck allowance for a hundred dollars a week and he said when you get it paid off i'm still going to keep giving you that hundred dollars a week truck allowance that is a lot of math yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and so math. you I was leaning on the file cabinet. God made a mathematician was, out of you that yeah, day. Yeah, I'm not a mathematician, <laughs> but I went, you're you're coming out bad on this deal, Danny. You know, I was, I was like, this doesn't, I mean, this is leaning my way here. And he goes, Matt, I'm going to give you the truck. And he goes, you just, you need a truck. You still have the truck? Yeah. Is that the truck? That's the truck I drive now. And he said, but I couldn't give it to you. My bookkeeper won't let me give it to you. So I said, how can I give it to him? And he said, I can give you a truck allowance. So, and dude. I mean, I sat there and was just, I didn't know what to say. Like, what do you say? You know? Thank you. That's what I told him. And, uh, you know, so you, there's no other way of that, you know, happening without what we're all talking and about. And you can get here, into you know? some amazing stories like that, people see in recovery, if they if they stay long enough. You know? Right. You know, I think uh, what, what this – you know, just listening to you three and, and the higher power thing. And we talked about this before we started recording. But, you know, we hear in AA a lot of uh, a lot of sponsees or sponsors talk about getting in relationships in that first year. And, you know, it was put to me one time whenever I talked to somebody about it who had about the same amount of recovery. I just never looked at it. It wasn't even a thing for me. But you had a lot of people approaching me, you know, you, you people searching for an answer whether it was something different from what their sponsor was telling them or, you know, something different from the AA, not necessarily credo, but the AA norm, which is, you know, don't get in a relationship in the first year. You hear that a lot. And it's, you know, it's not in the big book. I'll just say that. If you disagree with that or agree with it, that is completely between you. It's sort of in the 12 and 12, though. Sort of. But the way it was put to me is all the growth that I just heard from you three, right? And, and the things that, you know, leading into the relationship you have with your higher power today, right? Well, that could come to a complete stop if you get in a relationship too early before that relationship with your higher power is established. So, not for, not against. No opinion whatsoever do I have. But I'm throwing that out there, you know, because there may be some questions, you know, as far as, you know, because I can't imagine. I, I wanted to get a year so I could sponsor. That was what I was shooting for. I to hell with the relationships. I needed to sponsor somebody. I was dying when I came to AA, not dying for anything other than to stay alive, yep. keep breathing. Yep. And so, but we do hear that a lot, you know, from, from, uh, Elder statesmen all the way down, new people, whatever it is. I, I used to hear in treatment, you know, well, first start out with a plant. Well, somebody brought me a bamboo, and it was dead within like three weeks, you know, and get a fish and then a dog. Or I what, mean, whatever. I do keep tiny humans alive, but. I can't do that. Can't well, that my, my sea monkeys were probably my longest term. All my relationships were pre-existing before treatment, so I had all that when I got out and then went through the divorce mm, three and a half years into it. So uh, I heard a, I heard the speaker, Matt, I, th I don't think you heard him. Um, I think you might have not gotten there yet whenever he spoke at that meeting on Saturday. But, you know, he, he said something, and it just it dawned on me when he was talking. And, you know, here I am searching for a higher power i had a higher power when i walked in the rooms man had a period wasn't changing it it didn't matter what anybody said that was my higher power and my sponsor just explained to me i needed to work on the relationship i had with my higher power that's obviously what where the trouble was there you know? relationship sufficient to bring about recovery yeah and and i didn't have that you know i had the kind of like jill was talking about earlier the the asking you know my problem was i would uh we call it the phenomenon of craving, you know, when you when you drink and then you don't stop, you know. But every every time I sat down and drank, my plan was to drink one or two. And do you know what happened between that one or two? Phenomenon of craving. I just changed my mind. Yeah. That's all. I just changed my mind. I'm only going to have two. Well, now I'm only going to have four. Now I'm only have them all. And I just changed my mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had to 
I had the ability to have a psychic change, obviously. Right? That was there, you know. And um, I didn't understand the, the good kind of psychic change where I didn't change my mind when I said I wasn't going to drink today. And that's the relationship I needed, you know, with my higher power. And when we get into step two, I'll talk about that a little more. He had a, you know, he talked about um, drugs. He talked about drugs. Ooh. You know, it's like... What he said was, we tell people when they come into AA, be honest with yourself. Be honest with the group. You be honest with every. Oh, but don't talk about your drug problem. (laughs) Again, I'm not either for or against. I have no opinion, but some of the revelations that he threw out there were pretty, uh, pretty phenomenal. I've never heard of them before, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I just basically. As far as having a relationship with a higher power, I had one my whole life. Had a personal relationship with a higher power. Like it was me and him. Always. Just me and me and God. Sometimes that was that was good enough, even as a kid. You know, sometimes it was just me and him in the bedroom. You know, especially when things were bad. But um I got away from it whenever I started drinking. When I was twenty seven years old, I got away from that higher power completely. And um and I didn't understand how to get back. And I would continue to search for that for 11 years after I got, you know, actually I didn't search for that for 11. I searched for it for about three, you know, but it came into the rooms of AA. And I had to, to put a halt on the seeking, the looking, the thinking, all of that when it came to a higher power. I just had to stop and just start talking to God. That's what I had to do. I'm overthinking everything these people are telling me. Man, there's so much going through my head. How about I just do what I used to do when I was a kid, throw my backpack on the floor, get on my hands and knees, and just talk to them. And I have a relationship with a lot of people in AA and don't even know their last name. And I got that relationship by just sitting there and talking to them. That's it. Nothing else. And as the years go by... The relationship grows. It gets bigger. You know each other better. You're more comfortable around each other. You tell each other more stuff. You rely on each other when it comes to your recovery. And um, and that's what I had to do with God. I had to start over. You know, all the ex-girlfriends, dead grandmas, and Lamborghinis that I ever wanted wasn't coming back fast enough for me. But I was dying, you know. So, And I still, to this day, it still grows. It still continues to grow, and I'd imagine his life changes, and it does, no matter what. It's still going to grow. I just know that I have days where all I need for God to do is get me through the day. I don't need to overthink anything. I just need him to get me through this day. I just got to make it through the day. And, boy, immediately I start thinking about tomorrow morning when I say that. Oh, but I got to wake back up to it. Well, there's a slight chance I won't wake back up. <laughs> and then I've wasted all that time worried about tomorrow morning. Sometimes God in, in the whole day, here's all I hear. Close your mouth. Close your mouth. Don't say what you want to say right now. Close your mouth. It's not and I go, but I'm 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 but, gonna get this out right now. Nope. Close your mouth. And I close my mouth and I walk off. And then I look back and I go, hmm, that was yeah. the right move. Maurice always gets on to me. When I say but, because you forget everything that you said just prior to that but. Um, yeah. I think the, the We don't like big butts, and we cannot lie. We cannot lie. Butts as in B-U-T. Honest program. Right. <laughs> well. I think the consensus, though, if you, if you are new and you're listening to this, is it's always a work in progress, you know. But I think we've all, we all, I, I have, I've lost the obsession to drink i know i can get one real fast if i tried you know and i'm not going to try that um but do, is it a daily replete reprieve yes but it's gotten a lot easier the 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 actual drinking part has gotten easier so was anybody else like i was terrified of god um i had a lot of um sleep one of those nightmares type things where I'd really, this is when I was using, obviously this before I had a relationship with God, but I literally thought I was dying and I was about to go to hell, like right at that moment. And I would have these night terrors 
um, and wake up like screaming bloody murder. And I did that for a period of years. Imagine this, like I haven't had that because I have a relationship with the God of my understanding and I'm no longer, I fear him like in awe and reverence, but I'm not terrified of him anymore. Well, let me, yeah. let me tell you, whenever I was a kid, you know, a lot, a lot of parents will, will say, boy, I'm going to put the fear of God in you. Huh? Well, my mom really did. Yeah. She really did it. She achieved what a lot of parents try to achieve because I, I was scared to death of God my entire life, man. I, I mean, and uh, and we, even when I got into AA, I was scared to death of God. I mean, just absolutely terrified. But, you know, like I, I grew up in a church and even trying to get the relationship now with God, and I still had this picture going in of like, oh, dude, I'm going to be like Sunday morning, every Sunday. I'm going to have to be in a pew and on Wednesday night and – I'm going to have to teach vacation Bible school or whatever and make birdhouses or whatever, you know, whatever. Like Noah's Ark. Wear a clip-on tie, you know, as a grown-ass man. That's scary, you know. I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen, but the tie thing alone keep would keep me out of there. But anyway, that couldn't be further today. And so when I see, I see God doing things in the real world and in that room, and with with guys we, we, that we work with or even ladies that come in and you see them start to get better. And um, Je uh, Jennifer has a lady that she's sponsoring that has a few days. And I saw her yesterday. And I was like, it's like a week. And she looks so much better. Yeah, I didn't. When I started sponsoring her, I heard her date wrong. And so the other day I was sitting out on the bench with her. And she's like, yeah, I'm like a week. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, you only have a week. <laughs> And this is off of outside favors, right? Um, or outside issues that she's coming off of. And I was yeah. like, that's amazing. And, and she, uh, but she's willing and she's doing the deal. Like she's taking suggestions and even, yeah. even the smallest thing she'll call and be like, I'm this. And, and but to me, that's God that's reminding amazing. me. I know. And when I sit, I was sitting there looking at her last night in the meeting and she was actually looking around a little bit and like making eye contact with people. Mm -hmm. And you could see her face was had a little color in it. And yeah. you could just see her getting a little better. And I told her after, I said, you, you're, you're getting better. I can do I can it. And she goes, yeah, I do feel better. And I said, just keep going. So that's why but, I, one of my favorite things, and this used to be, you know, that when we talked about the first coming in or the first few meetings or the first whatever in recovery like the most exciting days was it, did anybody else like you know you dress up a little bit more on the day you knew you were gonna get a chip like and it was like so exciting every month to pick up the chip and I love to see newcomers getting those those 60 90 you know the the yeah I got one getting 90 day today um those chips because those are the ones that you just don't know. They're not, they're hope. The best case scenario is they get the sponsor and they get through the steps and they get that spiritual solution and they're in, submerged in the solution. But we don't do it like Bill and Bob did in the first 100. You know, we kind of coast into the step work. And so those folks that are in that small, you know, those earlier months, it just, it does me proud to see them and come back. And then, then you, then you're in a meeting one day and you're like, how the hell did you get a year? I felt like just yesterday yeah. you were picking up a desire chip. I, most of the time I feel like I have about 10 months every day. I'm just like, I'm, I'm really about 10 months. Right. I, I see people pick up chips that it, it, nine years and I'm thinking, how the hell do you have nine years? <laughs> I remember the day you walked in. I, I This was bad, and I'll tell a funny one, and he's my buddy too, so he wouldn't mind me telling this. But a guy in here that had been in here a while, right, younger guy, had some family issues, so he's he's out of the house. And pretty new in the program, but been around a while, you know. And one night, my brother had tickets to the MMA fights at Sam's Town. We had a table. And... This guy didn't have nothing going on, right? And we have the same sponsor, so I kind of knew from him being my buddy and all that that he's kind of nothing going on. So I had an extra ticket. And we're walking out of the half-past five meeting, and I just looked at him. I was like, hey, man, you want to go to the fights tonight? And he goes, what fights? And I'm like, down here at Samstown. 
I'm thinking in my head, the dude's got like 10 months, mm-hmm. like 11 months. I didn't really ask. So he's like, heck yeah. So we bounce. We go straight. It starts at 7. We roll in. Well, of course, my family, I love them, but they like to party, okay? And that's a party in mm-hmm. there. No big deal. I, I'm around it all the time, but maybe not the environment for someone in very early sobriety. So as we're sitting at the table, I kind of turned to him, and we both get a bottle of water. We're hanging out. And I was like, how long have you got now, man? You've been coming in here a while. And he goes, oh, I just I get 30 days tomorrow. And I'm like, huh? And he goes, yeah, I got 30 days tomorrow. And I was like, dude, you've been coming in here like two years. And then I felt like it. immediately when I said it, I felt like a jerk. Cause, and I was like, he goes, yeah, no, I haven't drank in about 18 months. And I was like, okay. And he goes, yeah, but, man, I did psychedelics for a long time. And I was like, oh. And he goes, and I was on the marijuana maintenance program. Yeah. And I said, what is that exactly? And he goes, I just made that up, dude. I was buying weed off the street. <laughs> That's California sober. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And he goes, I just feel like I'm 30 just days lost off all our everything. California listeners. And I was like, man, I didn't mean to bring you in here, you know, like I would not have done that, but it's still funny. Me and him still laugh about it. So anyway, wow. but, uh, Good no, discussion. That's just a term I, 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 and I apologize. That's just a term that oh, I saw on Instagram. I'm sure folks, I don't. I'm sure those I, folks out in California understand. Cheech, Chong, the whole gang, they get it. There's a song about it called California Sober. So Is there? Willie Willie Nelson and Billy String. Nuff said. There you go. All right. We've had a good discussion. I think the next time that uh, we get together, we're going to discuss step two. I think this is a good lead into step two, which is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And I'm going to leave us with a little tidbit that, uh, you know, in the big book. Do y'all know where step two is in the big book? In the big book. Where you think it is? Do we, it somewhere. It's in We Agnostics. That's what but, I'm saying, somewhere in We, we Agnostics. But we're going to talk a little bit next week on on this this one word. And it's, we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or willing. am I willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? And we're going to talk about the or. The or is what we're going to talk about in that step. So I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you all for being here. For all yes, the sir. listeners out there, thank you. And I'm signing out. This is Mike Grouch in the Brainstorm. Hey.